and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp31.blogspot.com. I always post the fights from the previous week on Sunday morning. And I did post a third video this week. is from uh, Tuesday's NXT. It is the, the first round of the Women's Dusty Cup. Uh, Io Shirai teaming with uh, Kaylee Ray, who's in uh, a chip and... Uh, NXT UK uh, against uh, Lash Legend and Amari Miller. It's a squash match, as I expected. Uh, they have a good chance to win the whole thing. They're going to be facing uh, Kate Carter and Casey Catanzaro in the next round. So that's up on my blog. So, Schwan, are you ready to start talking about last Saturday's show? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, there were two uh, fights on the show. The first one. I uh, had uh, Stephanie Egger beat uh, Jessica Rose Clark, or Jessie Jess as we call her, by first round armbar. And, you know, I, I think Jessie Jess was favorite. Swan, I think I had this one. Yes, yes, you called it. Okay. Why did I call it? Okay, it's not that I like Stephanie Egger much, I don't, but it's because. I really don't like Jesse Jess very much. So there's a couple of things that, that kind of bother me about her. First of all, she's fighting at bantamweight because she can't make flyweight. So she's too small for the division. And secondly, um, she's had injury problems. And I don't think it's taken a lot out of her. Like she ain't who she used to be. She's not that good anyway. She probably shouldn't even be in the UFC, right? And then to add to it, she made a very stupid decision trying to clinch with someone who the only thing she's going to really do is judo. Okay? Her striking is awful. Why wouldn't she strike with her, Swan? I don't understand it. Well, that, that was basically – usually the big, one of the biggest mistakes when people ask me about my picks for fights, I tell people one of the most common mistakes I make, even though I'm hard on MMA coaching and corners and camps, I always – give people the benefit of the doubt. And I assume that a person's being directed or motivated in the right direction. Um, oftentimes that ends up being erroneous. But oh, basically, so, so are you saying that I don't give them the benefit of the doubt? Uh, I don't think you, I don't think you respect a lot of them at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what basically the reason I picked Jesse Jess is this. She is a veteran of mixed martial arts. And as you, fight a certain caliber of opposition, even if it's not elite, but it's just competent, intelligent conversation, competition in your mind and in the coaching staff you're with, there should be some progression, not just in your actual individual skills, but in your awareness as a fighter. Even though mixed martial arts is a complete, you wrestle, you grapple, you strike, the fact of the matter is not everybody's great at every aspect of it. In some cases, someone you face can exploit you if you engage them past a certain point in certain aspects. So I'm thinking, Jesse Jess has a good corner. She's a veteran fighter. She knows that under no circumstances can she give up her advantages on the feet by tying up or shooting in on Stephanie Edgars. There's just no way. She's not good enough in either one of them. But she is good enough to steadily outbox her, outposition her, and beat her to a decision or put her away. But in the, min in the fight, once she kind of got too close, she clinched up with her. And from that point on, the fight was a wrap. 
Eggers didn't show anything different. She didn't show that she's improved. She didn't show that she's got striking or she's got a good chin or she's got a good defense. She didn't even show that she can transition from striking to grappling. All she showed is that when someone makes a dumb mistake, she can and will take advantage of it, which is skill in and of itself. Um, I think you're right. Jesse Jess isn't who she used to be, but part of not being who you used to be after injuries and, and a certain amount of fights is you start having an IQ and awareness that allows you to navigate your physical limitations. It happens in football. It happens in rugby. It happens in baseball. It happens in basketball. The fighters that last make that adjustment because they understand they aren't who they used to be. They don't have the margin for error. And I'm not sure if Jesse Jess just panicked or she just hasn't been doing that work, but this is a very bad loss and it's an indictment on her camp and her, um, her, her stance is an experienced fighter. Anytime she mentions, if she fights going on, if she mentions experience, I can't take that seriously because this is a fight where experience and poise would have made, made it easy. Eggers has none of the skills necessary to stay with or hunt Jesse Jess down on the feet. But for some reason, she gave that all up for a very poorly timed wrestling well, attack. I think she's regressed because uh, this is a fighter, like you said, that she should have beaten. And it's the first time that she's lost to a fighter that she should have beaten. Most of the time, she loses to fighters who are better than her. Like, you know, Penny Kenzet. Penny Kenzet's a lot better than her. Not yes. any question. Okay? And, and but Stephanie isn't there. I mean, listen, she's going <laughs> to fight somebody ranked, and she's going to get her head handed to her because she doesn't know how to strike it. Like, she needs yeah. to really work <laughs> on that. She's very much like Cindy Dandua in that yeah, regard. It's from the same neighborhood. Uh, but anyway, I mean, that's why I picked it. Because I, yeah. I had nothing to do with Stephanie. It had more, more to do with, I, didn't think, I don't think much of Jess, Jessica Morris Clark. Right. Well, this fight, this fight doesn't really help Eggers. It doesn't show that she's any more prepared to deal with a better class of opponent. And it definitely hurts Jesse Jess, Jess because... It's to the point now where you either cut her or you just use her as a name for, for rope for stepping stones because, as you said, she's losing to people she shouldn't lose to. She's struggling with people that necessarily she shouldn't really struggle with. And once you get to that point, it's a pretty steep decline. Well, you know, she said uh, recently that after she lost to Penny Kansas, she thought of retiring, but she did not. And maybe she'll think of doing that again. I don't know. But yeah, I think the injury, I think, well, I think the injuries have taken a lot out of her. If this is what she's going to do, there's not going to be much the UFC can do with her. And ultimately, they're going to put her in with somebody who's going to lay a real beating on her. And that's going to be another set of injuries and another set of recovery. If she doesn't have the awareness or the maybe I'm not saying the work ethic, but no longer has it. There's nothing wrong with just retiring and figuring out another way of life. At some point in, in any sport, you're going to have to have a plan B. So there's nothing wrong with coming to that conclusion sooner than later. OK, the other uh, fight on this show was. Uh, Gloria De Paula beat um, Diana Belbita by unanimous decision. And Schwan, I don't know about you, but I scored this fight a draw. I thought it was a terrible fight. It was like neither of them can punch worth a damn. And, uh, you know, the problem you run into is judges are not really allowed to score uh, tie rounds. But I thought that uh, uh, Diana won the first round. I thought the second round was a tie. Like, I scored at 9-9. And then Gloria won the third round. I didn't think either of them were very effective. Yeah, um, basically the fight is, is pretty much like you, we described it. It was when it became an MMA fight, 
the Paula had advantages when it was mostly a striking fight. Belbita had her advantages. The biggest problem was nobody was ever able to really dominate in their range. They might have eked by, they might have held their own, but nobody no, on no. the feet. Schwat, Schwat, Schwat. You know what it is? They're not trying to win. They're trying to not lose. You know the difference, don't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, to be quite honest, if we're really being straight on, a lot of mixed martial artists that's that that's how they approach it. And you don't yeah, see but it. That's, until, but you that's, don't see but, it. Until, you don't see it until they start facing comparable opposition. In the women's in the women's category, the opposition is so limited that you realize this a lot earlier. In the men's, there's a lot more more gap in talent. So then the guys can get by with that and look like they're dominating. Then when the level, the opposition starts leveling out, you notice he's not as aggressive as he used to be. He's not as fin- much of a finisher. Yeah, because the openings aren't clearly there anymore. These girls just met their, met their match at a certain le- at an early, so now you start seeing the limitations in their game, and that's why they can't separate. So, so in other words, they both stink. They're not great. I won't say they both stink because they're both combat sports fighters, but they're, they're not great. They're not, I mean, probably not UFC level. No kidding. All right, enough of that. Let's move on to this Saturday. Now, there's supposed to be three fights on the show. The fight between uh, Jinyu Fry and Hannah Goldie has been nixed because Hannah got sick, apparently. But we still have two fights to talk about. The first one is on the main card. It is uh, Gion Kim versus Priscilla Cachoeira. Uh, Jeon Kim is from Korea. She's been in the UFC since 2017. I think her record is in the UFC is like three or four or something like that. And uh, she trains these days. She's from Korea, but she trains at uh, Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas with John Wood. And the basic problem with, with Jeon Kim is she's a volume striker, but she doesn't hit very much. She doesn't land very much. And that's why she loses fights. Because She's like a lot of Korean uh, fighters, Schwan, is that she's a kickboxer. So she really doesn't do anything but kickboxing. And once you get her away from, once you strike her, she doesn't have anything left. Priscilla really shouldn't be in the UFC. She's a Brazilian. She trains a PRVT with uh, uh, Jessica, Jessica Andrade, but she's not as anywhere near as good. And I thought that bullshit that the, she pulled in her last fight with um, um, with the eye gouging and all that, it should have got her cut. So let me ask you a question right off the top. When the hell is this on the main part of the card? Uh, they're probably putting it on because even though it shouldn't be technically anything to write home about, as far as the actual action and potential of someone getting dinged up, it, it has a high probability. So it's going to be, it should be an action fight. Both of them are limited enough with there shouldn't be a way for this to be a bad fight. How about that? That's what they think. Cachoeira doesn't really have a grappling background. Doesn't have a wrestling background. Everything she does is based on physicality. <laughs> and Cachoeira, she can hit, she can hit a little bit, but she's wide open for counters, and she hits for power. Um, as you said before, um, Kim is a she's a volume striker. So what that means, you have a fighter coming forward who's wide open defensively, going against a long volume striker who's going to be fighting like crazy to keep her away. That's a recipe for fireworks. Maybe not a dynamic finish, but it should have a lot of contact, a lot of back and forth action. None of them can hit, but she has some footwork and some range. <laughs> she can hit, 
but she doesn't have any setups or any footwork. Yeah, I would expect the Korean to win. I would expect, unless she gasses. If she if she can't really get keep catching where her offer and she gets tired, uh, Priscilla's going to knock her out. But that's a big if. Okay, so uh, we have a second fight here. Uh, we have a fight. This is this one is at uh, featherweight. We have uh, Stella Nunez, I believe is her name. She was supposed yeah. to fight somebody named Jennifer Gonzalez, and apparently. There was a, some sort of dispute with the USADA tester, and Jennifer got pulled, and now they've replaced her with uh, Ramona Pasquale. Uh, Ramona is from Hong Kong originally. She trains at Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas. Well, that's convenient. Does Syndicate MMA train every major WMMA fighter? Who? John Wood? It seems like every single syndicate, 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 syndicate. Is that like the place for female fighters to go? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, the point is, is that uh, she had a, a big win in Victor last month. Uh, so, but I don't think the opposition was very good. So, you know, this she's fighting somebody who's probably better than her, but also they're fighting at featherweight, and Estella Nunez is a bantamweight. Okay, so there's going to be a size advantage. So, I don't know. Do you? Um, Nunez is explosive. She's aggressive. She will throw everything in the kitchen sink at you. I think Ramona has a chance, but I'm not. She she's not seasoned enough in her striking. I think she gets caught looking a lot. I think she gets caught like if she lands a shot or lands a one two. I think she gets caught looking a lot. And against someone like Nunez, who is going to fire back to lead and fire back off of any shot you throw at her, if you get caught admiring your work or you don't have a certain amount of defensive awareness and poise. When she starts putting shots together on you, um, most likely you're going to crumble. I, I think Ramon is big enough to take the power, but there's a certain kind of mentality you have to have when you're getting hit and hit hard and hit repeatedly. So if it might be a situation like when Lemos fought, um, I, when she moved it to Welter to Bantamweight for a while, and she was able to, she was landing all the shots against Leslie Smith, and she was knocking her around, but she tired because Smith was bigger and could absorb the shots. And then Smith basically walked her down and finished her. We could see that. I don't know that Ramona has been active enough or faced enough enough um, adversity to where when she starts taking some abuse to the body and to the face, that she won't roll over. I'm going to have to go on the side of the more experienced person, even though Ramona has a clear avenue to success. I just don't know that she, I, don't, I don't know if she can take it because she hasn't been pushed. She hasn't really had well, to work. I think that I think you know. Usually, and I mean, you're the same as me. You have to see fighters a couple of times to see what they can do. And I don't think I've seen either of these fighters enough to even make a call. Yeah, I, I say that too. I, that's why I'm going basically off of off of their styles. The only thing I can say is, you know, Nunes has not had really any, any huge gaps or lulls in her action, whereas Ramona has. And I still think that plays a factor. Once again, um, you said we, never, we don't know enough about either one of these fighters. But you can speak on it from a stylistic point of view, and that, that's where I'm coming from. Okay, so both of these fights will be on Saturday on uh, ESPN Plus in the U.S. and TSN in Canada. All right, got a couple other things we want to call. First of all, cover. First of all, uh, Alexis Davis is uh, no longer in the UFC. She was not released. Her contract expired, and they decided not to renew it. And uh, if I had to guess. 
Uh, we might see her back at Invicta. I guess it depends on whether she wants to fight at uh, uh, bantamweight or flyweight. She could retire. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, it's getting to the point now where the UFC, I think what they're doing is they're trying to see, do you have value as a fighter? If you don't have value as a fighter, like you're a winning, potentially world-class fighter, the question is, do you bring in a certain amount of, do you bring in a certain fan base? Do you have a certain kind of appeal? Davis doesn't really have an appeal. And even though she's lost to some fairly good competition, she doesn't really have a ranking as an elite fighter. You could use her to build someone else up, but given some of her showings recently, beating Alexis Davis de- doesn't carry the weight it used to. So they're they're not, like you said, they're not cutting her, let her fight out her thing, and they might call her in if they need someone for a late notice fight. But as far as having her on the roster and a viable option, um, it's just not worth it anymore because she doesn't bring value outside of the cage or in it. Not saying that she wasn't a good fighter, but at this point she's no longer she's yeah, no longer in. She's basically over the hill. She's, she's good enough over to win. She's not good enough to win, and that's that's not enough to cut in the UFC right now. Yeah, her last fight, she Julia Stoliarenko was awful. So uh, anyway, okay. So Scott Coker, who's the Bellator GM, he um, he uh, said that Cad um, uh, Zingano's manager asked for a fight before. Chris Cyborg, which kind of confirms our suspicions that Cat uh, thinks that Cyborg is going to test positive for drugs. What do you think, Juan? Um, yeah, it would seem so. I mean, it's either that or she's just trying to get some more paydays in because if you fight Cyborg and lose, there's a good chance you don't really have any other options. The, the Bellator doesn't know what else to do with you from that point on. You know, I mean, once you lose to her, what really else is there for you? They can't Unless it's a really competitive fight, they can't build you back up. That's a waste of money. So essentially, I don't want to say you're out of Bellator, but close to it. Okay. Now, uh, Joanna Rajicek just did an interview with uh, Damon Martin of uh, MMA Fighting. And she's still singing the same tune. The only uh, new thing that we got out of it is that apparently uh, she wants to fight uh, Zhang Haley, but uh, Zhang will not be ready until the summer. She wants to fight before that. But Schwan, I don't think she's going to – she doesn't want to fight anybody other than the top fighters, and I don't think any of them are available. So for me, she's either going to wait to the summer or she's not going to fight at all. That's the way. I still think it's 50-50 she's going to fight at all, Schwan. Well, the biggest thing about it is she wants to – she wants the biggest names, but A, she's coming off a loss, and two, she doesn't have any sort of fan base to create interest. If she was Conor McGregor popular or – had some kind of titles or something, she'd have something appeal, but there's no real reason for anybody to to fight her because she's not, I mean, yes, she's got a name, but she's not really, she's never been a big star. She's not a draw. There's no red panty night for fighting Joanna. So she doesn't really have any leverage. She can want whatever she wants, but outside of fighting her way back, the only other option she has is just to wait and hope somebody drops out. And Listen, go. that's why I keep saying she's she's going to end up not fighting at all. Swan, she doesn't need the money. She's a big celebrity back home in Poland, and she's doing a lot of acting and stuff like that. She doesn't need it. So well, I don't know why the hell she keeps consistently. I, just, I, wish she didn't be, I wish she just stopped wasting people's time in that case. Well, I don't know. That, like I said, the interview didn't change my uh, feelings about her. Okay. Okay. One other thing, which is not women's MMA, but uh, it happened yesterday uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Uh, 
owner, David Feldman, announced that he had sold a majority share of the company to Triller, which is owned by a guy named Ryan Cavanaugh. What did I say about that? Stupid Did money he... finds more stupid money. Yeah, that's how it works. So let me ask you a question, because I think one of the things that, that comes out of this, I don't think there's a lot of MMA fans who have a clue about Ryan Kavanaugh. And I think I wanted to take a, a couple of minutes to explain who this guy is. Okay? First of all, he had a movie company called Relativity Media from uh, – um, 2000, I think it was 2004 to 2018 when he declared bankruptcy, okay, or something like that. He he made a bunch of movies. He's one of these guys who thought by spending money, he could make money. But, you know, it doesn't work like that. It's the same thing in the MMA business. I say the same thing about NASCAR. If you want to make a small fortune in these sports or in the movie business, the best way is to start with a large fortune because you're going to lose money. And this guy throws around money like a drunken sailor. It's, I, you know, Dave Meltzer said, uh, as I said this to you, Dave Meltzer says he's very good at finding money. But then what happens is he doesn't get along with his partners. That's what happened at Relativity. That's what's happened in all the companies this guy has been involved with. He gets money. He spends it like a drunken sailor. And then he acts like an idiot. So I don't know what to tell you. I, I think, and, and, and the other thing that, that comes to mind, we're seeing a lot of fringe stuff in the fight business these days, stuff like bare knuckle fighting championships, which some people don't think is fringe, but it is. Triller is fringe, okay? This thing where they got a triangle, I don't know what the hell that is. And, and uh, things like pillow fights and crap like that. And the reason we're getting a lot of this junk is because it's very easy now to put together a broadcast deal because of fight TV. Okay. A few years ago, it was impossible to do broadcasting on the internet. We saw what happened in the early days of Evicta and how they struggled with broadcasting. That was their biggest struggle. But now we've got UFC fight pass for some things and for stuff that's even real crapola, like, Pillow fighting, for God's sakes, and slap fight. You hear about slap fighting? We've yes. got Fight TV. And Fight TV has made it so easy. They just produce the product, and they get a cut, and it comes in crystal clear over your, over your internet connection. And it's well, just so economical to do it that everybody's doing it now. So to a certain... It's, it's I give not... a lot. I give a lot of credit to Fight TV, but boy, we sure getting all we sure getting a lot of crap. It, it's bad because you get some products that aren't high quality. But in the case of the fighters who made who who might need multiple opportunities or who may not have made their money in MMA or who might not be able to stay at the big big um, organizations, it's just another way to make money. So while I I'm not a fan of everything it shows. It's an outlet, and if somebody says they think they can do a better job in the UFC, or they can provide, they can they can create content that has more value, or could be better for the, the fighters. Then, unlike the UFC when they first started, or even Bellator, you have a head start because you have a platform you could use exclusively to build your brand and show that you can do it better than those guys. So, all the people who are complaining, businessmen, or all the fighters. There's a bunch of other avenues for you to take. If you don't feel like dealing with Dana White shit or dealing with Scott Coker shit, you can go and 
bare knuckle box or slap fight or triangle fight, whatever it is. And you can see I mean, what it's like on the inside. I mean, there's obviously good things that come out of fight TV. Like, for example, you could watch Ryzen live if you want. You know, so that's a good thing. Anyway, the only other thing I wanted to say about the whole uh, uh, Ryan Kavanaugh thing is I'm kind of wondering <laughs> how long it's going to be before he flames out like he did with Relativity Media. Because inevitably, that's what's going to happen. He's going to flame out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can you can only you can only build so many bridges when you constantly burn them. At some point, people stop giving you the resources to build a bridge because they know you're just going to burn it. But the fact well, that he's been the fact that he's had this reputation and he's been able to consistently gain this money, it is impressive. I'm not going to lie, because there's guys who've never made these kind of errors and they can't get well, a dime. You know what it is, Schwan? He's a good talker, right? He's a good that's salesman. A, but when you talk. actually but when you actually become partners with the guy, it's not such a good deal. And that that's terrible for the partners. But as far as taking care of himself and put, it's like what we say with fighters. A fighter may not be world class elite, but if they can manage to talk or look their way into good paydays, yet yeah, sucks for everybody else. But they use what they had to make sure they were taken care of, and I can't fault them for that at all. All right. Anything else you want to talk about, Sean? Yeah, I want to take a brief moment to uh, speak on the fight that's coming in at a uh, Bellator, uh, Sinead Cavanaugh. <laughs> oh, um, this fight is pretty simple. It should it should be an easy win for Kavanaugh. She should have the footwork, the jab, the movement, and the strike selection to basically chop McCord up on the feet and, and outclass her. Um, her last fight, she lost. So I don't know how badly she was hurt in that fight. I don't know if she's lost a step and she's on the edge of decline. But this is going to be a chance for Leah McCord to show if she's really been developing her game or she's just been able to develop a system that's allowed her to navigate and beat second and third tier opponents. Because at this fight, well, she's going to have to show more to win, I think. Um, well, Sean, the, the thing is, is that, you know, it's a very shallow pool over there. It is a shallow pool, and that's why that's why it's so important. Bellator needs McCord to win, so they have a somewhat viable option for a cyborg. Because once you lose a cyborg, they don't have enough depth to really build you back up in any sort of form or fashion. If you don't believe me, look at the fact that ex-Bellator champions fighting in PFL now. So um, it's it's a it's a fight, and it's a high stakes fight, even if it's not necessarily great fighters. The only thing I wanted to mention about this fight, which I'm really not interested is that um, it's going to be on Showtime in the U.S. and elsewhere. You can watch it on YouTube. And that's a good thing to mention. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's about it. Uh, again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. The two fights that are going to be on Saturday's show, I'm going to post them on my blog on Sunday morning. If you have any questions or comments for either my blog or or my podcast, you can leave an anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.